This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. The oil and gas industry can be best described as volatile and challenging, with many companies settled with high debt whilst order books can shrink overnight. With its cyclical nature, what determines the profitability and longevity of an oil and gas company? We speak to Datuk Sri Hadian Hashim, Managing Director of Icon Offshore. If their company has the right strategy to thrive as one of Malaysia's largest offshore vessel operators, even as all majors pivot to renewable energy. Good morning, Hadian. Thanks for joining us again. I think the word to describe the oil industry is phew, because the last few years have been challenging for any player. WTI prices went from negative 37 US dollars a barrel, which I thought was impossible, to a high of 123 US dollars a barrel this March to now hover around 71 dollars. Do you think the worst is over for the industry as at one point we did see almost all oil majors suddenly cut all their CAPEX plans? Good morning, uh, Wong Chowning. Uh, thanks so much for the opportunity given here. Um, as you have said earlier, this is a very cyclical business. Uh, the way I have looked at it is this one is a very long-term uh, cycle. Normally a cycle in any business or oil and gas is about seven years. So if you look at uh, when was the worst time, 2014, and we are now in 2024. That's almost 10 years. So you're looking at a longer cycle, which is about 14, at least 14 years. So if you extra, extrapolate, it will be down to 2030. I'm still confident that as with the transition, uh, oil and gas still has a fair amount of play to do. Okay, and your own transformation. Is Icon transformation complete? And the days of being a loss making pure offshore support vessel player over? Um, I would say yes. We have done quite a fair bit in the tenure that I was uh, that I'm there. Uh, we have done the restructuring. Um, the last bit that we did was uh, to do a uh, balance sheet cleanup, both in terms of share recon and also the reduction in the share cap. So the company going forward is essentially clean. I would. Debt uh, ratio has reduced a lot to about less than 0.1. They're about, I think it is about 0.7. Mm. Uh, debt of about, as of today, we have a debt of about 22.77 versus a cash of about 240, there about, which gives you a net debt of about 30. We should be uh, debt neutral. Um, in a few months. Okay. Uh, but part of this transformation process, I, I do believe, is your goal of being an asset light oil and gas company, right? And you did sale, sell the jackup rig to Saudi Arabia, uh, it is Arabia, for 381.7 million ringgit. Pretty good because you made more than double the money that you spent on it. But then, what will Icon Offshore become at the end of the day if you do pursue such a model? Okay, um, we have gone through this. We picked up SLI, what you say, uh, the rig. Uh, we sold it off for a handsome profit. Now, going forward, uh, do we want to continue to be SLI? We have looked around. We have looked at uh, uh, 
possibilities of acquiring, merging. History so far in the last few years has been slow. So we still want to be in this business. Uh, either you have a mixed portfolio or do you want to be the master in this business? Meaning, uh, you want to be big. If you want to be big, then you have to look for an M&A, uh, mm. which has the equivalent of, of you, but a lot bigger and slightly more diversified, diversified in terms of clientele and also the outreach beyond Malaysia. Yeah, so it's a combination of geography and client base, right? I'll come back to your to your diversification efforts. But if we just look at your current assets, right? So you've got 18 active offshore vessels. This is based on the... Uh, 17. No. Oh, now 17, okay. Because I took the last number from your analyst briefing slides. So 17 active offshore vessels. Uh, 13 are anchor handling tugs, platform support vessels, and of course, three accommodation boats. Is this the ideal configuration that you're happy with? to achieve maximum profit for Icon Offshore? Are you looking to sell more? Because it seems you've just sold one in uh, before the year end. Okay, what we have done, uh, let me address the sale bit. We mm. have uh, in the process or should be completed within a month or so the sales of a vessel which has reached their uh, capacity to operate in Malaysia. So that's done. Um, the... We have considered also whether we want to do fleet renewal. Uh, if you look at our vessel, uh, they're still at a young age. There's still another uh, about 10 years to go based on the new uh, lifespan as mm. endorsed by Petronas for 20 years. Um, to do a fleet expansion would require, uh, if you have to pick up, well, at the current size, we are already 10%. So we would like to maintain it as such and then uh, look at growth in terms of having to do a M&A rather than uh, spend a capex on it. Okay, so in the current utilisation, 86% for the quarter three. But in the past, I saw it's as high as 95%. That was in quarter three of 2021. So do you have a target? Are you happy with 86% currently? Uh, you can never happy with something good. You see, if you then... So 86% is good by your standards? Uh, 86% is good. It's profitable. Uh, you could be higher. Now, the reason why we were uh, lower uh, to debt is because we have a few dry docking uh, ship that has to be... Uh, Send in for the five-year annual survey. Mm, okay, so you can't push that figure any higher. Uh, not toward, not toward the end of the year. Okay, <laughs> and what is the split currently between long-term charter rates and, and daily charter rates for for your vessels for the seventeen vessels? Thirteen are on long-term, uh, as I've said before. The spot is about four. Uh, recently, one or two of the sport has been converted into something long term. So, what it means is it reduces the exposure on the volatility or rather utilization for that matter. Okay, and your preference is to go for a longer term, even though currently spot rates are rather attractive. True. Uh, preference will be for more long term, but you also want to play uh, you know, uh, the spot part of it because um, the rates are reasonably good now. Okay. Which then begs the question, you know, what is your medium term outlook for 
charter rates, especially for any of the long-term vessels, uh, long-term charters that are for renewal. And I suppose that would depend on two major factors, right? So we're talking about oil prices and even Petronas's activity outlook. Uh, we have two long-term. One is in Brunei. Uh, mm. We now have two active accommodation work barge. The third one we're bringing to Malaysia, uh, hopefully to gain uh, access, uh, to gain be part of the spike in the DCR. Mm. The um, DCR being the daily charter rates. Yes. The ILCT contract, which is with Petronas Sarigali and other operators in Malaysia, uh, that tender has just, uh, that contract has just been retendered. We would expect uh, announcement probably in quarter uh, two of this year. Yes, because of the limited amount of vessel, and if you look at pet, uh, Petronas activity, there's a lot of new requirement. So we are quite confident, as with others, uh, to stay into the contract. Okay, and that charter rates will remain relatively robust for the rest of the year? That charter rate, as with anybody else or anything else, will be market. Okay, and this market price, right? Like you say, a lot of it is demand and supply of the vessels, right? But does how much role do oil prices play in charter rate determination? Because if we look at it, Brent crude average for 2023 was around 82 US dollars a barrel, right? So what are your expectations then for 2024? If you look at how oil companies or how we ourselves as a service player, you look at the longer term horizon, mm. uh, more typically to uh, match your um, tender or contracts. Uh, so oil prices over uh, tend to be stabilizing over a period, as I've said before, we still got at least another six or seven years of so this kind of activity, but uh, uh, where would oil prices be? I'm quite confident that it will be uh, the current range of about uh, high 70s, early 80s. At these kind of prices, a lot of projects, both in Malaysia and elsewhere, are profitable. So red, well, yes, when there's a... It's essentially the... the rate that we get for services that we offer are essentially driven by oil prices more mm. on a longer term rather than a short term. Is the new headwind faced by oil and gas companies the fact that every national oil company is somewhat shifting towards renewable energy? After all, Petronas themselves have net zero carbon targets by 2025. And yes, they are still spending. They've got a 55 to 60 billion capex target for the next two years, but some of it will be on Jatari. So are you concerned in the longer term? We have to look at this as a, as a service provider in Malaysia and as a country. Uh, Malaysia, the contribution from oil and gas is quite substantial, probably about 19 to 20%. Uh, yes, we will have to uh, be in line with what the requirements are for ESG. For us, you need to spend money to, in order to comply to this. You know? mm. And at the same time, uh, for the business, you need capex expansion. And the financing for all this is as you know, uh, not only in Malaysia, uh, I think in the region and worldwide, it's, it's getting a bit tough. So you will have to prioritize, but at the same time, meet whatever you can meet. Now, for us, in terms of meeting our commitment, uh, we use a lot of diesel. Over the years, the oil company has asked us 
to fit in new equipment. And in fact, we have already fitted about uh, up to five. What this new equipment does is it optimizes the way you use fuel usage based on your operation. The goal for this is to use less fuel and also less and hence uh, less footprint uh, going forward. But does Icon yourself have any RE plans? Like your one of your peers, Yinsen, they're targeting to have 30% of its total equity in green investments by 2030 and they're doing so with EV charging stations. Are you planning to move in a similar direction? We will have to move at a different phase because the very nature of our business is providing uh, services. The way we want to look at this is can we have alternative means of uh, providing energy to uh, the space that we need? Uh, it could probably be methanol engine. It could be, uh, you know, some people have been talking about hydrogen engine. Okay, but this yeah. is the usage of the type of energy. But would you consider going into the RE business itself? That would be a longer term once we are confident that uh, we have maximised uh, what we have done for the business. On the breakfast grill this morning is Dato Sri Hadian Hashim, Managing Director of Icon Offshore. After the break, is it time to give this listed company a relook as its share price is way off from its five-year historical high of four ringgit? And what consolidation is on the cards for a very fragmented oil and gas industry? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seats this morning is Dato Sri Hadian Hashim, Managing Director of Icon Offshore. Before the break, how does a less optimistic oil price and a shift to renewable energy by all majors impact one of Malaysia's largest offshore service vessel owners? Let's stay on the topic of Icon's growth strategy because I've seen press reports and also the most recent analyst briefing slides. And we talked about it just a few minutes ago about M&A. What is on your plate? Are you planning to stay in the oil and gas space or um, are you venturing out or is there any subsector within ONG that has synergy to your existing business? Just to continue the earlier question, mm-hmm. uh, where are we in terms of expansion? We have thought long and hard enough about going to light asset. Uh, we have identified candidate, but uh, still... Um, there is a lot of work to be done, not on our side, but on the other party. Uh, as a company, the other party. Mo- Who's the other party? Interested people. <laughs> so the uh, question is: Yes, we want to be. If you are already a significant player, we want to be a major player in this field. So that's another direction that we are looking. And I think staying in the OSV space or out of the OSV space? It will be most likely in the OSV space since we are already uh, exposed to a fair bit of of it being quite a significant player. Okay. Because if I look way back to 2017, Velesto was slated to merge with Icon Offshore. But that deal fell through. I mean, is this the other party that you you just mentioned? Is it time to revisit this deal? Because let's face it, both of you all are owned by GLICs. We are in a different business now, mainly vessel. Uh, we tend to support uh, the drilling business. Mm. Yes, if it makes sense, why not? But uh, that is not where we are looking at the moment. And 
neither would the other party be looking for, I may say this, you know. We have not made approaches to anything of this sort. This was uh, then, some years ago. But I think now that we are in a position to grow, uh, we would want to grow stronger, most likely bigger in this business. Okay, but uh, ideally not through a cash outright buy, maybe share swap? Yes, uh, what we have in the company at the moment is we have a very decent cash pile mm. and you would want to use this letter. Any merger and acquisition will be most likely through share swap. Okay, and are you expecting anything to be completed by this year, 2024? Uh, we are very opportunistic in that sense, so anything can happen uh, this year it could happen earlier or within the year. All right. In the meantime, I want to talk about your financial, specifically your order book, which currently is 444.8 million ringgit as of September. So what is your guidance for, for this year though? Okay. Uh, that order book uh, essentially translates to another two years of the current uh, business model. Uh, we are or have bid uh, for contract both in uh, Brunei and Malaysia, and that contracts uh, range between 700 to 720. And uh, if you ask how confident are we, I'm quite confident we would be able to achieve most of those numbers mentioned. Okay, so the order book will jump significantly, right, uh, on the back of this. But if I look at the order book, it's still mainly predominantly in Malaysia, the current order book, 80%, yes? Uh, 80% is in Malaysia, 20% is in Brunei, but this sort of split before, there's a lot more meat in Brunei than uh, in Malaysia. I think now uh, things are beginning to be looking at reversing it, okay. more like uh, equal profit in that sense. And is that uh, what you're targeting for? Because we, you did mention diversification on the two fronts, right? Geographical and business. Is that the ideal split then? Uh, you don't want to be present in oh, the region in Malaysia. Uh, mainly uh, manpower is tight at the moment because of the uptake in the business activity. Uh, where we want to focus on is increase the uh, utilisation, have something that would complement the existing fleet. Okay, what do you mean by something that complements? Are you looking to add some vessels or or this is going to be through your M&A exercise? It will be something that we are considering uh, to be in more, not just the vessel, but uh, be in the maritime business. Okay, not giving away very much, Dato. We're just looking at it uh, from a business standpoint. How else would you want to get growth? You know? Okay, so I want to talk about your share price. <laughs> You know, from a perspective of coverage, because there's only one analyst that covers Icon Offshore, which surprises me because you are still one of the largest OSV companies in the country. So is this because earnings for 2023 have been disappointing? If I look at the nine months numbers, it was just 5 million compared to 19 million last year, whilst EBIT margins at one point were 36% compared to just 28% now. So I'm trying to understand why the lack of coverage. 
But I would imagine that part of it is historical, uh, especially exposure into this business. But I think uh, what is in the past, I can't do much about it. I think going forward, there's a, uh, there's a lot going. And I think we have strengthened the company, uh, both in terms of balance sheet, in terms of uh, getting back uh, the vessel that we have, after a five-year survey. So going forward, we, I am quite confident that we should do better. Okay, so you think the, that the market is, is not being fair in terms of the uh, earnings projections because the stock is going to be tra- is trading 24 times PE for FY 2024. Now, that's not cheap compared to many of the other ONG providers like Dayang and Coastal. They're trading at just 10 times, while even Yinsen, which is which shifted to RE, is only trading at 11 times. So if I'm looking at the valuations, really, what should be the reason I buy Icon Offshore? Because it doesn't look cheap. Dividend. Just dividends? Well, for the time being, uh, sh- since the uh, share price... But the price special is- dividend has just been paid already. Yes. I don't, uh, no, it will be on January oh, the 9th. Okay, very soon it will go X. Yeah. But it's in the price. Yes. So is there any other reason to buy Icon Offshore then? Um, going forward, yes, we will continue. Uh, hopefully that's our direction to be a dividend stock. Uh, but obviously, uh, share price movement will also indicate whether you will be prof- profitable, continue to be profitable. And that's why uh, we are addressing that concern. On that note, thank you for your time. On The Breakfast Grill this morning was Datuk Sri Hadian Hashim, Managing Director of Icon Offshore and Wong Shaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.